This video was brought to you by Imprint. Today, Poland stops sending weapons to Ukraine, protesters in Armenia call for the Prime Minister to resign, and Saudi Arabia and Israel edge closer to a mega deal. From TLDR News, this is your daily briefing for Thursday the 21st of September. On Wednesday, Poland's Prime Minister announced that the country would no longer be sending arms to Ukraine. In his statement, he implied that this was because Poland needs to invest in its own military, which is expected to double in size and spending over the next few years. But the announcement came just a day after Zelensky attacked Poland for, quote, turning grain into a thriller. And it's hard to believe that the timing was entirely coincidental. For context, since January, Poland has been pushing back against the EU's plan to let Ukraine export its excess grain through the rest of Europe. Now, because Ukraine can't export its grain via the Black Sea, as it usually does, Ukrainian farmers are sitting on millions of tons of spare produce. And in May of last year, the EU decided to lift all tariffs and quotas on Ukrainian imports to allow Ukrainian farmers to sell to the EU, providing Ukraine with a much-needed source of foreign currency. Originally, the Polish government was on board. But a few months later, in January 2023, Poland and a couple of other Central and Eastern European states complained to the European Commission that Ukraine grain exports, which were up 10,000% and made unfairly cheap by the post-war weakness of the Ukrainian currency, were undercutting their local agricultural industries. Now, the EU agreed to partly compensate these farmers, but that wasn't enough to fully satiate them. And in April, Poland decided to unilaterally impose restrictions on Ukrainian grain imports. The EU eventually conceded and said that Poland could ban imports as long as they lifted them in September. But on Friday, Poland announced that they would be extending the ban indefinitely. This unsurprisingly didn't go down well with Zelensky, who accused Poland of playing, quote, political theatre and setting the stage for a Moscow actor, which in turn prompted the Polish president to liken Ukraine to a drowning person who runs the risk of bringing down their rescuer, before the Polish prime minister announced that Poland would be stopping military support for Ukraine. Now, in this move, the prime minister clearly has his eye on the upcoming Polish election, due in mid-October. And he'll be worried that the issue of Ukrainian grain could undermine his support among Polish farmers in the rural east. But nonetheless, it's bad news for Kyiv, and yet more evidence that as the front lines stabilise and Ukraine falls out of the international headlines, the political consensus on supporting Ukraine is beginning to fray. Now, there's more on the way, but be sure to subscribe and ring the bell to make the daily briefing part of your daily routine or just search for us in your podcast app of choice to listen along. Also today, thousands of protesters have gathered in the Armenian capital to call for the resignation of Prime Minister Nikol Pashian, after he announced that the Armenian army wouldn't be intervening in Nagorno-Karabakh, a breakaway region of Azerbaijan mostly populated by ethnic Armenians. For context, after months, if not years of pressure, Azerbaijani forces finally invaded the disputed territory earlier this week. And very quickly, ethnic Armenian militants living in the region quickly agreed to stand down and give up their heavy weaponry, essentially surrendering the territory. 
And this has all happened so quickly that the two sides are already negotiating the status of the 100,000 or so Armenians living in Nagorno-Karabakh. Now, back in Armenia, the protesters are accusing Pashinyan of essentially giving up the territory. But it's not really clear that he had any other options. With Russia preoccupied in Ukraine and Russia-Armenia relations at an all-time low, Armenia doesn't really have any proper security partners. And the Azerbaijani army has a military budget roughly five times larger than that of Armenia. So while an unpopular move, and while going down badly in Armenia, it's not obvious that the Prime Minister had much other choice. Next up, tensions between India and Canada continue to rise, with India warning its nationals in Canada to exercise utmost caution, and an Indian visa website suspending its services for Canadian citizens. Now, this dispute centres around the assassination of a Sikh activist in Canada this June. Early this week, Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau said that there were credible allegations that the Indian government was involved in this killing, something that India has rejected as absurd. Now, immediately after this happened, diplomats were expelled in a tit-for-tat move, but the new travel advisory warning represents a further deterioration of relations. The alert reads, in the view of growing anti-India activities and politically condoned hate crimes and criminal violence in Canada, all Indian nationals there and those contemplating travel are urged to exercise utmost caution. A short while later, India's visa service, BLS, suspended its visa services for Canadian citizens, blaming operational reasons. Now, Canada has reportedly been seeking a united response from its allies over the potential Indian government's involvement in the killing. But with the UK in trade talks with India for a free trade deal, and the US courting India as a counterbalance to China, their response thus far has been pretty muted. Before we get to the next story about Saudi Arabia and Israel, I wanted to let you know that in today's daily discussion, Zach and I sit down to talk about Rishi Sunak's big and controversial net zero speech. That's available right now exclusively on Nebula. So use the link in the description to sign up if you haven't already. Next up, Saudi Arabia and Israel are getting closer to a deal that would see the Saudi kingdom recognize the state of Israel, according to Saudi crown prince Mohammed bin Salman. In an interview with Fox News, the Crown Prince said that every day we get closer, referring to potential deal currently under negotiations between Israel, Saudi Arabia and the US. He added that for us, the Palestinian issue is very important. We need to solve that part, before going on to say that we hope to reach a place that will ease the life of the Palestinians and get Israel as a player in the Middle East. This wouldn't be the first such deal either. Israel has reached normalization agreements with a number of Arab countries in recent years. But clinching a so-called mega deal with Saudi Arabia would be perhaps the most significant since Egypt recognized Israel in 1979. As part of the deal, Saudi Arabia is seeking a security guarantee from the United States, as the two have a mutual adversary in Iran. Speaking about Iran in the interview, MBS says that if Iran gets a nuclear bomb, then we have to get one for security reasons and for the balance of power in the Middle East. But we don't want to see that. 
Finally today, more than a month on from the wildfires that devastated the island of Maui in the US state of Hawaii, the banyan tree in the town of Lahaina has shown signs of recovery as bright green leaves have emerged on the famous 150-year-old tree. Now, most of the town was destroyed in the fire and the tree was left significantly charred, leading to fears among the locals that the landmark may never recover. But undeterred, locals banded together to save the tree using thousands of gallons of water and a liquid concoction designed to boost the tree's uptake of minerals and nutrients. One of the landscapers involved in the rescue effort said that for locals, the tree's recovery represents hope and maybe some normalcy down the line. And if you want to keep learning, then you should check out Imprint. Just like TLDR, Imprint is all about helping you learn quickly, conveniently, and visually. It's super quick because most of their lessons take less than two minutes to complete, summarizing knowledge from all kinds of topics and using Harvard professors and best-selling authors to teach you key concepts. It's convenient because it's all housed in their easy-to-use mobile app, letting you replace doom scrolling with actual learning. And it's visual because well, look at it. Their animated explanations help you stay focused, understand concepts quickly, and actually retain what you learn. So join the millions of users learning with Imprint, including me. I'm taking their multi-day flow course right now. And do that by using the link in the description. Plus, if you use that link, you'll get a seven-day free trial and get 20% off an annual plan when you sign up. And they'll know that you came from us. So check out Imprint, support our new sponsor, and thanks for watching TLDR.